Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is designed to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. There's a huge difference between having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. We'll talk about overcoming lies in our relationships, mental health struggles, and the way we see ourselves. The truth will set you free so that you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of those pressures, insecurities, and burdens. That's not yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Can I ask you a question? What's holding you back? Do you have a fear of failure or rejection in your career? Are you burnt out or do you have conflict in your marriage that you can't seem to get past? Do you need to be discipled as you go through a life transition? Kate Petrie was a guest on this podcast and she's a coach that helps leaders be transformed in Christ so they can serve others with clear strategy and confidence. Those are two things we all need a little bit more of, right? You may be wondering, she coaches leaders, so how do I know if I'm a leader? A leader is just simply someone who serves others. So you could be a mom, an employee, an intern, a ministry volunteer, any role that serves other people. Kate coaches her clients to evaluate their fears and shift their mindset to follow God's word so they could overcome whatever is getting in the way of their goals and dreams. Because transformation doesn't happen alone, right? You need to have the right people around you to support you and ask you the right and sometimes difficult questions. I know I would not be who I am or where I am today without the right people and coaches in my life. You can book an absolutely free discovery call with Kate today where you'll find clarity about what's holding you back, strategic steps to start moving forward, and a lot of encouragement in your God-given purpose. So you can go to katepetrie.com slash coaching to book your free call today. And don't worry, I already put the link in the show notes for you. So go ahead, book your free call, and we'll jump right back into your episode. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. I'm bringing a brand new guest who this episode has been in the making for quite a while. So... (laughs) Jody, introduce yourself and tell us whatever you want to about family. Make sure to include a fun fact, who you are, what you do. All right. Uh, my name is Jody Goldie. That is my name. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> I always have to put a disclaimer. No, that's a real name. I didn't make it up. Um, my name is Jody Goldie. I am a, like, what I do for a work is I am a therapist at Midwest Center for Trauma and Emotional Healing in Minnetonka. And I specialize in, well, we specialize, our our clinic specializes in working with um, folks that have complex trauma. So meaning trauma throughout the lifespan, throughout development, throughout everything. Um, And really trying to incorporate an understanding of relational neurobiology. So understanding the body, the brain, development, um, how to build a relationship with yourself, and um, how to kind of be in your most resource self, which is what we call it, to be in your like best self so that you can take care of the parts of you that were harmed. And so um, 
which is all called air network therapy, adaptive internal relationship therapy, which is um, kind of started by the women in our clinic. Wow. So, um, so that's what I do do, but that's in what I my, do do. that's what I do do. But in my real life, um, I hang out at home, which is in the woods <laughs> <laughs> on the river, the Minnesota river, which some people think is really polluted. It's not. It's wonderful. And I swim in it all the time. Maybe that's why I have pink eye right now. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe it is a little pink. Yeah, I was like, ooh, maybe I should reconsider that. Um, it's a little cleaner than maybe other, maybe not. Okay. Um, so I hang out with my husband, who is super amazing. He teaches at Southwest Christian High School and at Northwestern College. And he is a philosophy instructor. So Wow dude's deep and you know what the best part of him is he is hilarious and he makes me (laughs) giggle constantly and then I have two boys Thorin who is 13 and he is witty and dry and hilarious and just very sharp-witted and then Rowan who is just has all the snuggles in the world he's 10 Um, very funny very just helpful and kind. And so they're, they're both just delightful to be around. So, and then we have a giant dog named Argos. Argos. <laughs> a whole like bunch of kittens and then a guinea pig that we, wow. if anybody wants a guinea pig, you let me know. <laughs> Please Re- take reach on out. <laughs> and what's your fun fact? My fun fact is I have been sprayed by mace before. I've been maced. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to go down. Did that surprise you? Yes. What would you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to do something fun. <laughs> I thought it was fun. <laughs> what was it like? <laughs> it was awesome. It was, um, I feel like I learned a lot. So I used to work at North Central University, which I adore them. And I was a, the the like administrative assistant for the security office and the physical plant office and so if you if you're in that role you're the lieutenant of the security force and they're like Mm -hmm. legit they carry like you know asps i'm gonna be very careful about that word (laughs) (laughs) like nightsticks and they carry like mace and so their rule is if you carry something you have to be sprayed by it right Mm -hmm. so I felt bad that all of the officers were like getting sprayed and I was technically their supervisor and I never had so I volunteered to do it and my boss sprayed me in the face and so I got sprayed with like five other giant scary men (laughs) and I was in the bathroom like tenderly like washing my face and kind of like trying to pray through it, and I just heard screaming and pounding in the shower room of all the men. <laughs> but I think the worst part, because mace is like, it's like chili powder, right? Or chili chili peppers, and so it's oil, and so you can't get rid of it with water. So eventually you just have to stop and let it just burn. But the worst part is the next morning I woke up and took a shower, and it, oh, I, it no. was like I got maced all over again. Oh, no. Yeah, it was amazing. Wow. And so I was like, oh, okay. I've learned a lot here. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. I, I earned some respect from the dudes. So I, I really I really appreciated that because that, that took a lot of self-control. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> We're starting it off right. Yes, we are. 
So speaking of pain, um, yeah, let's transition. Yes, I do have to put a disclaimer out there. If you didn't know by the title of this episode already, we just need to say that it could be triggering because we will be talking and referencing sexual trauma and sexual assaults at um, at a young age, adult age, all of that in between, and the trauma that comes with it. That's what we'll be talking about. So if that would trigger you in any way use discretion. I won't be offended if you turn off this episode. You do you and do what you need. So mm-hmm. take Jody, care of yourself. Yeah. Jody, will you answer the question in whatever way you want? <laughs> <laughs> what have you been set free from? I shared with Jenny earlier that this is a really hard question for me, especially when it comes to, so I'm going to be talking about child sexual abuse and, and in particular my own child sexual abuse. And so Answering the question, what have you been set free from in regards to child sexual abuse, it just makes me so mad because I feel like in a lot of ways that I am working off a debt that I have been given, um, that it's not mine, but it's my responsibility to figure out how to heal from. And it is a heavy burden that's been placed on my shoulders. And so I don't feel like I have been set free because... Man, it's been a lot of work. <laughs> it's been a lot of work throughout my lifetime um, to figure out how to live in my body, how to have healthy relationships, how to actually not hate God, to be very clear. And um, and so, so it's not like a setting free. It's more like a, a paying a debt that somebody else put on me. Mm-hmm. But... So specifically, what if I, what am I, what am I working towards in in my healing? Um, I am specifically wanting to talk about today that um, I know my body has a knowing and an understanding that's been really really hard to um, to hold that I was assaulted at an extremely young age. We we think maybe about three or four. And I don't know the story. I don't know much about it because what happens in our brains when we are that early, so we, we call it pre-verbal trauma. So basically trauma before you could verbalize it or mm-hmm. you could tell a story. So there's different kinds of memory. There's memory where you can actually tell a story about it and that's called verbal memory. Um, but then what happens when you have pre-verbal trauma is that memory gets stored more in your body. Um, actually, 80% of memory just in general is stored in your body. So that's like, yeah, it's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, our body is our biggest holder of, of memory, not not our actual verbal memory. And so um, oftentimes when when little children have trauma, they get they store it in like flashbulb images. They're just like images that are just like almost time frozen and they don't make any sense because we can't sequence them because the timekeeper of the brain isn't online yet Hmm. and so there's no way to know like did this happen (laughs) at what time Mm -hmm. we have no idea because we can't connect it all in their brain the frontal lobes aren't connected so we can't organize it all and so it's just this knowing in the body of what happened and and I often like to call it kind of the knowing that you don't know why that you know (laughs) that's stored in your body Mm -hmm. of like no one told you yeah no one told me no one um no one ever gave me that information it was just like a knowing that something's 
something's kind of wrong here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in, in trying to kind of, kind of parse that out and heal from that when you don't, you don't know what the heck is going on mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and you don't want, know what's normal. Cause mm-hmm. as a kid, you don't know what normal is until somebody tells you what normal is. It's all very confusing mm-hmm. and it leads down a, a really big radical rabbit mm-hmm. hole trying to figure it all out. So, mm-hmm. so in summary, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, I know we're getting this right, that you were, you were experiencing trauma symptoms mm-hmm. without knowing what happened to you to cause those symptoms to emerge. I didn't even know they were trauma symptoms. Okay. So I don't think I was able to put together any of that until maybe I was about 18 or 19 that, mm-hmm. hey, maybe something's wrong. Okay. And I, I remember starting to tell people in high school, like my closest friends, because I could see some symptomology come up, especially in my relationship with boyfriends. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is weird. Like, <laughs> I'm like... Uh-huh. I'm kissing you and it's wonderful and all of a sudden I feel like a five-year-old or I feel like I'm not even here anymore and I don't know but like you don't see that in romantic comedies no. like that's not a that's normal not or comedic <laughs> and honestly I I feel really lucky I had like I had really sweet boyfriends mm-hmm. that really hung with it and like I also had some jerks but like I had some really sweet boyfriends that really like were like wow, something's, something's going on here. Hmm. This isn't, you know, this isn't <laughs> the typical experience of hanging out with a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, I guess there started to be trauma symptoms late, you know, high school, late high school. And then I started to kind of put pieces together and those pieces kept, kept going together. Um, and then I, again, it's really hard to figure out how to put pieces together when all they are pieces and you don't know what they're forming Mm -hmm. but I all the signs were pointing towards yep something really bad happened when I was three or four Mm -hmm. yeah wow and you already touched on this but can you just expound a little bit more on why the human brain is like that when it experiences trauma where you may not know what happened or why or how Mm -hmm. but you somehow just know yeah basically anything else you want to add to yeah I mean there's so much there's so much to say about it it's (laughs) it's such a I mean it's such a helpful topic so I think I think in our like kind of western thought we we kind of forget about the body when it comes to knowing Mm -hmm. so if you think about before you were four, your body was your first language. I was actually, I was at the dollar store today. <laughs> I was watching this little buddy. I think she was about two and she was, she was using her body to communicate with her mom and her mom was picking up every signal. I mean, she clearly wanted a gumball and she clearly mm-hmm. wanted a specific color of gumball mm-hmm. and she could commute all, com- communicate all of that with like grunts and you know Mm -hmm. language of the body and it was really cool to see but our body is our first language it's our native tongue it's the Mm -hmm. it's it's the first language that we have until we're about four and then you know adults and caregivers start saying use your words use your words and they literally start talking us out of our body Mm -hmm. and start um start kind of making us second guess our body but our body is honestly where a lot of information is held that we kind of learn to tap out of um and 
this process for me, this healing process has been a lot about tapping back into my body and learning from it and kind of hearing the subtle cues, noticing what it's telling me. Um, when I have pink eyes, I should probably rest. <laughs> I'm probably at my Maybe limit. I go to the river. <laughs> Seriously. There's so many things that your body's telling you beyond just like physical stuff, but mm -hmm. those sensations, those, those awarenesses, those knowings. So we also have a part of our, um, our brain called the amygdala, which is where we store a lot of our, our traumatic memories. And a, a lot of times that's where we store our, just our knowing that we know, that we know, that we know. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where our traumatic events are stored. It's the fire alarm in the brain. And so there's a lot of different areas in the brain that store memory, or in the body, sorry, that store memory, but there's only one little place called the hippocampus that stores verbal memory. And the interesting thing, and just for, for any listeners that like have had the same experience where they don't have a story about their assault experience, when when our bodies get really overloaded with stress, um, this, those stress chemicals actually make it so the hippocampus cannot form memories. Hmm. And so oftentimes people might have that same experience where they might have flashbulb you know, memories or a smell or um, something very random that connects them to that tr traumatic event in their body, but they, they can't tell you a story because mm -hmm. when you're really stressed, the timekeeper in the brain also goes offline. Our verbal abilities go offline. So a lot of times the ability to say no mm -hmm. totally goes offline. Um, you know, a lot of times uh, people learn that they can't fight, they can't freeze, or they can't flee <laughs> and so they freeze or they learn to go outside of their body mm -hmm. um, which is dissociate and like for me that's that was my reflex because I learned to dissociate pretty early and so that becomes your reflex really fast and that's what a lot of my high school boyfriends were picking up on they were like mm -hmm. okay she's not here anymore <laughs> what's happening and mm -hmm. and obviously my husband has been really helpful in in naming some of that mm -hmm. as well <laughs> mm -hmm. so apart from the actual event or events of sexual assault, what are some lies that victims of it could be believing mm -hmm. because of those things? Yeah. I think it's so hard um, to believe that it actually happened. Mm -hmm. You know, there are times in my life, even though there's all this like other types of evidence that I have about that it happened, I still am like, did that? really happen mm -hmm. am I just being dramatic is really what like that's a big lie that I hear constantly I'm like mm -hmm. well that's not a normal response to things <laughs> like that's not dramatic that's actually very like that's like they say that um trauma is a normal response to abnormal events it's not dramatic it's just how anybody would respond we we all actually kind of respond the same um to trauma not not through and through but like mm -hmm. there's these ways that we deal with it the stress responses um what was your question <laughs> any lies they could be believing oh man so many lies because trauma is about um it, it goes after our identity mm -hmm. too and who we are um you know even even though my experience happened when I was very little I'm like wow maybe maybe I was asking for it you know, maybe, maybe I was a precocious kid 
um, maybe maybe it was my fault. Maybe I was not aware um, enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe I couldn't, you know, all those things. I think there's, I think every event has lies. I think a big lie that I have believed that, um, that actually Jesus was so sweet to help me with was that I am dirty and that I'm, I'm never going to be clean. Mm-hmm. And so like the verse that he often uses with me is like, I will wash you whiter than snow. Like that, mm-hmm. that's not mine. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's his. Um, and so, yeah, there's so many lies that many people believe about, especially about child sexual abuse, because oftentimes our, for kids, our neurology is reflective. So we oftentimes believe that things are our fault as Mm -hmm. kids instead of understanding, like we can't perspective take as kids. So like if dad comes home and he's mad, right? We're like, oh my gosh, what did I do to make dad mad? Like Mm -hmm. now that I'm 43, um, if somebody comes home and they're mad, I'm like, yeah, what is your deal? Like what happened at work (laughs) today? Yeah, (laughs) It's not about me. Um, But kids can't do that. Mm -hmm. And so when they are offended against they're immediately going to probably assume that it is their fault and that would be very normal for their neurology. Mm-hmm. And so to help, um, to help kids really understand and adult adults with those kids inside, right. Um, understand that, no, like, mm-hmm. I don't think we realize how little we are when mm-hmm. we are in child sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And what would you say to anyone who is blaming themselves for something that is obviously not their fault and it happened when they were so young and not asking for anything? <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that helped me the most was I I actually, to be honest, didn't didn't like I was very scared of children um growing up because I was afraid I was gonna harm mom. Mm-hmm. So oh, there's another lie, right? Yeah. Hurt people hurt people. And mm-hmm. that one is that's a lie that makes me crazy because mm-hmm. actually with the people that I work with, um, who are, who are very hurt people and have, have actually had been forced to hurt people. Um, they are the most protective humans I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't believe the lie that hurt people hurt people, but I have believed that for myself. And so I would intentionally stay away from children because I believe that I would harm them. And, um, I think one of the most helpful things for me was to see how little, for me, you know, ages three and four, like, to see how little a three and a four-year-old it actually is, Mm -hmm. it's pretty shocking. Mm -hmm. But even if you're 21, even if you're 14, to actually see that age and, and look at somebody who's that age and realize oh my gosh, they're tiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Their little brains are not even developed yet. They have no idea mm-hmm. what's going on. And so that's that's like a really important way that I've been able to build some empathy. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who's listening who wants to begin the healing process, but they just don't know how to start, yeah. what would you advise them to do? I think it's interesting because there's so many different ways um, that... I, as a therapist, I personally have the belief that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna offer anybody anything that I haven't tried myself. Which like mace, <laughs> like mace, yes. <laughs> I gotta make sure it's good. <laughs> um, I 
I've done so many different kinds of therapy and tried so many different interventions and I'm always doing some kind of weird experiment on myself to see if it helps. <laughs> it is. It's 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 endless, but it's kind of fun too. I think one of the I think the most um powerful thing for me was um because I don't have a story. Stories are narratives. So this is if you have a if you have a story, if you don't have a story, the the narrative oftentimes gets center stage mm. in the yeah. process. Like our our stories can be kind of like flashy and sexy. I mean, as weird as that sounds, like mm. um, they just can. But what gets left behind is that we forget the little kid mm-hmm. that didn't get noticed during that story and didn't get care during that story. And so in some ways, I'm not saying it's good that I don't have a story, but in some ways it's actually been a little more freeing mm-hmm. because I can um, I can easily connect with that part of me that went through that. Um, notice her when she gets activated. Notice her when she doesn't get activated. <laughs> she hangs around a lot. <laughs> um, and take care of her and actually see her. Um, and for a while I didn't like her. I was pretty pretty not happy with her I don't know it's not her fault I don't know what was you know it's just I think Mm -hmm. that's a normal process but um I would pray over her or I would ask Jesus to intervene with her um in order to start that healing process and that has been really like calming and so we actually have brain scans on this stuff Mm -hmm. that if you think of like these little traumas as time capsules in our brain that when they get triggered the time capsule opens and a lot of times those young parts of us kind of jump out and kind of take over in our lives or at least like we feel like oh I feel like a five-year-old again Mm -hmm. right you know I feel very young and so um for me it was just kind of noticing that part of me and really taking care of her. I'm 99% sure that I got this term from you. Okay. So if I did it, it's 1%, tell me. But I think I heard you teaching on how if you know what happened to you, that's sexier and we want to hear that story more. So you (laughs) called it ear porn. Oh my gosh, I probably did. Okay. I was like, where else would I learn that term? I usually call it like trauma porn or okay. ES for sure. Yeah. It it is like, I mean, and we're we're very drawn mm-hmm. we're very drawn to that stuff because mm-hmm. like I think there's there's something really something about a testimony in the in the Christian world yeah. where like you know um, where if you have a story it's pretty pretty cool mm-hmm. and if your story is like I don't know what happened but I'm trying to muddle through like that's just not <laughs> but Jesus is good that's all I know <laughs> it's just it's not the coolest story uh-huh. yeah. So, yeah and even in testimonies just regular testimonies of how God saved us from the people we once were or yeah. who we were before we knew Jesus personally sometimes we spend too much time talking about who we once were and the bad situations we got into because that's we somehow think that's more interesting than what god is doing in our lives now and how we're different now so that's very true yeah are there any resources you'd recommend to anyone listening um i really love i mean i would say whatever resource you choose like take it slow like tune into your body i think you know especially if i think um when you have gone through 
sexual assault of any kind, you kind of learn <laughs> how to like, how to push through and drag your body along. Like, and yeah. I, I don't have like a great relation. I'm learning. That's like kind of my work in these past two, two years has been really like kind of having a lot of like grace and care for my body. But I, I actually call it my nervous system a lot because that makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes I'll like push through something, but my nervous system goes out of whack mm-hmm. and it gets real mad at me. And then, mm-hmm. then my immune system starts working <laughs> over time. <laughs> then and you get sick. And then I get sick, oh. yes. <laughs> or like, or I get really irritable or I get mean or, you know, my husband's like, maybe you should go take a bath or something and get out of here. mad. <laughs> so um so I would say whatever whatever like resource you you look towards just like take it slow check in with your body try to be in your body when you're doing it but um one of my favorites is the body keeps a score by Bessel van der Kolk Mm um uh, which my good friend who's a therapist has a reading group of people where they haven't read that book and it's Mm -hmm. just they feel so guilty about not reading it but they have a reading group and they'll read it someday I know they will (laughs) (laughs) we're frauds we haven't even read the book I know but they're like she's seriously the one of the best therapists I know and so Mm -hmm. I'm like um you can learn this so many other ways you do not have to read that book um but it is the kind of the Mm -hmm. go-to it's very heady is it it's like it's it's a bit thick yeah so it could look intimidating but also it talks about the science behind it so yeah it's just I mean I've read it did I enjoy all of it (laughs) no you're just helping you're just helping my friend being like okay all right I see you I don't need to read that (laughs) I understand why I got the science I got the science in different ways I don't need to read it I think, but there's other ways to get this information. Like, I think um, podcasts, there's this really great podcast put out by Jenny Markham. I don't know if you ever heard of that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But there's other ways to, like, kind of get the information. So one of my favorite people is Sarah Payton, P-E-Y-T-O-N. She, she has a book called Your Resonant Self, and she just does a great job with explaining you know, nervous system and, and trauma and things like that. Um, Deb Dana has a lot of really good stuff, um, about the nervous system. Uh, Dan Siegel has a lot of great accessible stuff and all these people have podcasts. Like if you want something more heady, um, Huberman lab is like super heady. He's a neuroscientist and he's just really fun to listen to. So it's like, whatever, however you can take in the information, um, I would, I would, I'll just, I'll, I'll offer this is that since the, um, kind of, since the use of brain scans, we know so much more about trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times I try to stay away from some of the resources that were written, um, before like, mm, 2005 to 2010, not that they're bad resources. Cause I, I, I learned a lot like Dan Allender's, you know, when wounded heart or whatever that, that was helpful to me. But I think we have a different understanding of how to go about caring for trauma in a different way mm-hmm. that we could only philosophize about before. And now we have like some really concrete ideas of what's going on in the body. And so we can care in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. So again, that doesn't mean anything written before then is, is, mm-hmm 
not valuable because it is I would just say if they're talking about ways of healing and um any book that where you're reading it and you're getting triggered because they're rehearsing traumas be really careful because that Mm -hmm. drives it deeper into your brain and so if you're reading a lot of stories about sexual assault that can that can do a number on your body Mm -hmm. um and we don't we don't that that's less than helpful yeah yeah yeah, Mm -hmm. probably stay away from that is there any final encouragement you would give someone in the middle of healing from sexual trauma I think we're all in the middle of healing from it, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you're like seven or you're 43 or you're 82. Um, I feel like I have a great honor of sitting with people in all different age groups. And I mean, I even have clients that are in their 70s that are healing from this and mm-hmm. doing it beautifully with a lot of dignity. And it's never too late. It is never too late to to start the healing process or to continue on. And it's always okay to take a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I literally, so what trauma often does is it takes away any awareness of the future. And so I literally couldn't see past like um, year 30 for my entire life. And so Mm. for me, every year that I'm living past 30 is like this weird gift. Mm -hmm. Like I feel so joyful. I'm like, what? I'm 43. And the, and the even weirdest thing is that I thought our brain only can create a future based on the future we've known. Mm-hmm. And so when you're when your life is full of trauma, that's all you think that you could ever have. And so for me to be sitting in a place where I have a healthy relationship with my with my husband and my two kids and to be so close to my sister, to be like to have family, to mm-hmm. have friendships that aren't built on trauma bonds, but are actually like mutual and no one owns each other, yeah. to giggle all the time, to love mm-hmm. Jesus in such an intimate way, to actually be able to live inside of my body. Like those were things I never, I never would have guessed that would have been possible. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I think, honestly, if you walk down the road, it'll blow your mind, Mm -hmm. you know? I think, and I just, like, I want to say, like, very real that there's things that drive me crazy that I feel like I can't shake, you know, Mm -hmm. and that uh, that are just things that are are part of having that that debt that I have to pay. Um, But I, I feel like I've been given a lot of grace to just keep walking, and I'm very thankful mm-hmm. for that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. I love hearing from you. So if any part of this episode was helpful, go ahead, share it on your Instagram story, and tag us. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. And if you would be so kind, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or our website. It helps out the show so much when you do. We'll be releasing episodes to you every other Friday, so stay tuned and thanks for joining us.